You are listening to Seeking the Hidden Thing. A written version of this audio can be found at seekingthehiddenthing.com. Today you are listening to Follow the Science? All during the COVID-19 panic, people kept trying to tell us to follow the science. But no matter how hard they try to make it such, the scientific method cannot be used as a guide for your actions. Ever since COVID-19 arrived on the scene, one of the constant messaging drumbeats we hear is the need to follow the science. By evoking this phrase, it is supposed to lend an air of authority and also point to the obviousness about what needs to be done. No need for discussion. The science tells us what to do. Just follow the science. The problem? Science can't tell you what to do or how to act. In practice, the mantra, follow the science, masks your true reasons for the actions you take and tries to absolve you of having to face the real motivations behind what you are doing. In social media parlance, follow the science is a cope. The first step to acknowledging what is happening is to understand what science is and is not. Science is first of all not so much a thing as it is a method. What we now call science is largely the artifact, the cumulative product, the results of what is known by means of the inductive method. The inductive method is really quite simple, actually. One develops a hypothesis, some statement, some theory about the world. You desire to test whether this statement is true or not. So you devise an experiment to test the theory you have. The tests will either confirm or reject the theory. Sometimes the results are inconclusive and you have to go back to the drawing board, likely trying to improve the testing process so as to yield better results. The first thing to note, though, is that the scientific learning limits itself to those things that are testable, or at least testable in theory. Some theoretical physics remain theoretical because no way has been found to test them yet. So they remain thought experiments. By limiting themselves to trying to understand those things which are testable, those engaged in scientific learning were trying to stay away from metaphysics, that is, looking into the deep mysteries of the, of the universe, the questions of why, and for what purpose, and what does it mean. Following the work of the philosopher Immanuel Kant and others, people were looking for a sure foundation upon which to build knowledge. The idea was that we could endlessly fight about the why question and make no headway, or we could learn a lot of things about how the world works. Scientific learning through the inductive method gained great steam once it was freed from metaphysics. Scientists simply focused on learning how the world worked and how we as human beings could come to harness, manipulate, and control our world. And the results have been staggering. This was achieved by making science amoral, that is, without a moral framework. It would limit itself to asking the question of how and leave all the other questions about morality, about the why of the universe, to others. Scientific learning, while powerful, is limited in scope. By limiting its inquiries to the questions of how things work, scientific inquiry has taken itself out of any ethical, moral, political, social, spiritual, metaphysical, or ideological frameworks that might limit or corrupt its quest for correctly understanding how the world works. The result of this, though, is that there are no limits placed on science either. If an experiment can be conceived or technology uh, made as a result of the process of scientific research, sooner or later someone will attempt it. 
There's nothing inherent in the inductive method which focuses just on the question of how that can tell the scientist or technologist whether he should do it or not. As a result, technologies proliferate and few, other, few of us ever ask, should we make widespread use of this? It is science and it is technology and if it can be done, it will be done. This can lead to dangerous experiments such as the gain of, re the gain of function research suspected of starting the COVID-19 pandemic. What this means though, and here is the crucial point for understand, to understand for this piece, is that whatever motives, whatever logic, whatever moral framework, whatever ideology, whatever meta metaphysics one has that guides and limits one's scientific inquiries, those come from outside of science. They are not a part of the inductive method itself. So too how one reads the conclusions of one's research. Because science is amoral, that is without a moral framework, Whatever moral imperatives one derives from the science, whatever conclusions one makes about the research in terms of how one should act, those conclusions come from outside the research itself. For science to be what it is, there needs to be a wall of sorts between the question of how and the question of why or should. If the question of what we should do about the research conclusions do not reside in the conclusions themselves, where do they come from? The answers we give to the question of what, what we should do or how should we act, they come from our own personal moral framework. They come from our culture. They come from our faith commitments. They come from within us and our society. Science itself is incapable of giving us those answers. It focuses on what it does, and that answer is the question of how does this thing work? Nothing more, nothing less. Given our pre-existing moral framework, the data may suggest certain actions to us, but we have to be very clear that whatever action we decide to take is based on, on, on research, does not come from the research itself, but from within us and our worldview. To say that the imperative to act in a certain way is in the scientific research itself would corrupt the very notion of science. The result would be all kinds of moral or political sciences, you would have Christian science, capitalist science, Marxist science, progressive science, socialist science, feminist science, etc. You get the idea. Science to be science has to restrict itself simply to asking the question of how. We cannot ask scientific inquiry to provide our lives with meaning, to tell us how to act, or how to live the good life, or to be good persons. What this means, though, is that when someone tells you that all of the COVID-19 restrictions are merely following the science, they are lying to themselves and to you. More than that, they do so because they don't want to face the truth of their own motives for acting. One conclusion we might come to is that they are anxious. One of the side effects of our information society is that it has generated a lot of diffuse anxiety. Too much information, too many choices that have to be made by the individual without any framework to tell them which path to choose. So, facing all these choices with which we have to sort out ourselves, we are generally anxious. This free-floating anxiety makes us more vulnerable to propaganda. Add to this the general loss of religious belief as a significant part of people's lives and the growth in materialism, the idea that the material world is all that there is, tends to create a bias towards this life that we are living now, wanting to live it to the fullest, 
We want a full and vital life, and we don't want to have illness slow us down. That, and many are worried about, or downright afraid of, dying. If there is all this unacknowledged, free-floating anxiety out there, when someone comes along and tells you that the science will provide a clear path to alleviate your fears, you are much more likely to cling to this like a drowning man to a flotation device. Instead of acknowledging our fears as a society and asking ourselves, why are we so anxious? We instead demand that all of society submit itself to a regime of masks, isolation, shutting down the economy, forced vaccinations, as well as shaming and marginalizing those who resist. With the advent of social media, we are able to quickly self-propagandize ourselves to believe the lie that we want to hear. We are loath to say, I am terrified and I'm going to make all of you act the way I want to make my fears go away. It becomes self-reinforcing and a moral imperative. Good people behave according to the science and bad people do not. It is a quasi-totalitarian, self-propagandizing way of coping with our anxieties. We, as a society, are in denial. It is deeper, though, than simple denial. In an excellent book, Vitalize Simple Truths, The Psychology of Self-Deception, Daniel Goleman carefully lays out the case that many of the decisions we make are made pre-consciously. We decide what sensory data to admit to our consciousness and what conclusions we are to make from it, largely without ever being aware that we are making them. We have a pre-conscious filtering mechanism. What his and others' research indicates is that we are constantly lying to ourselves and we're not even aware of it. We do this both individually and collectively. Groups of people will often forge complex group lies that they are not even aware that filter out the things that they will attend to or not on a conscious level. We will protect ourselves or our social group or even society as a whole by not seeing what we don't want to see. Goldman would often consult with corporations to help them get past certain blocks that were holding the companies back. We generally need an outsider, someone who is not part of us or in our in-group to expose us to the thing that we do not want to see. It's obvious to them, and they struggle to understand how we don't see it. We might call it a pre-conscious conspiracy of silence. Knowing this, though, does not tell us what to do with this research. It seems self-evident to me that a portion of our society is in the grip of a mindset, a coping mechanism, that makes it difficult for them to surface and face their true motives for how they and their social affiliates are responding to COVID-19. And because of its mutually reinforcing nature, combined with a clear, good people, bad people moral imperative, it will be very difficult to break through to them. And even when you do and they admit that you might be right, their precognitive filters will still remain strong for some time. Their conscious agreement with you will get filed away and they will go right back to precognitively creating the reality for themselves that helps them cope. We as a society need therapy, or better yet, perhaps a religious conversion. There is a another dynamic at work here as well, a quasi-religious frame, because most of society, even Christian, Christians themselves, have very little knowledge of religious frames and how they function, most of us are not aware that one of the significant dynamics at work here with COVID-19 is that of clean and unclean. 
the clean person is able to worship and be part of regular society. An, an unclean person cannot worship and cannot be part of society. Much of the masking, sanitizing, and vaccine imperatives and the almost nonsensical argument about the threat of those who have not been vaccinated are fueled by this clean, unclean religious binary. An unvaccinated person is essentially unclean and therefore not fit to join and participate in regular society. And it is this imperative that drives the vaccine mandates. We have to keep the unclean away from the clean. If totalitarian control of the population is the price to be paid, so be it. We must keep ourselves clean. Because of the nature of these psychological and religious dynamics, even when all of the mandates end, this will have long-term social and political ramifications. But none of it has anything to do with the science. My position? I'm a man of faith, a Christian. One of the creeds of my faith asks a question. What is your only comfort in life and in death? The answer the creed gives is this. I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. It is a short testimony of the framework that guides my actions. I am not anxious or afraid. If I fear, feel fear rising, I remind myself of my core faith commitments, and they provide comfort in times such as these. A virus will spread, mutate, and make people sick. That is what viruses do. I will one day die. Whether that is sooner or later, my death will either be pleasant and easy, or it will be miserable and hard. Either way, I know that my future is hidden with Christ. So for me, I feel no need to make people wear masks, get vaccinated, isolate or shut down, or shut down their businesses to protect me. You will have to make your own choices, the burden of our frayed social fabric, but I urge you to see through the fog of propaganda. Don't buy into the mantra of follow the science. Know that anytime someone uses follow the science as the basis for their argument, they are doing that to mask the real reasons why they do what they do. Don't play the game. Don't get sucked into discussing cases and deaths and hospitalization rates or charts. None of it matters in determining what you should do. At best, it can help inform you and make you aware of what the virus is and how it works, how it spreads and made people sick or not. But in the end, what you do about it, those decisions come from you, your moral framework, your religious framework, your worldview. Own them as your own and take responsibility for the values that guide your actions.